All right. Well, good afternoon and welcome to another episode of More and Stronger Week to Week. This was an unplanned one. Uh, we, uh, I really decided on this yesterday afternoon and then asked Jacob if he'd be free to, um, to actually do the podcast with me. So we've just sprung it up on you. So thanks for jumping in on doing this. No worries. I'm just Adam. hoping it's working, trying to be the tech guy at the same time. And, uh, as the yeah, guy. It's, look, it's yeah, coming it's up there. Live. Yep, you're still on the. Yeah, we're and we've delayed. got one person watching, so it's gone. It's basically gone me. viral. I'm the one person. Oh, that's you. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. So, so yeah, great. All right. Well, well this is up. for all you um, listening on the podcast later on. But um, tell us a bit about how your weekend's been. Yeah, good weekend. Um, me and Sarah went up to. Uh, my mum and dad's place on Central Coast for the weekend, which was great. We did a Sabbath, which is something we'd been trying to do earlier in the year, but has definitely fallen off for the last little while. Having a mm. day set aside just to kind of enjoy life and spend time with God and each other. Mm. It yeah, it was good. Did you go anywhere special? Yeah, so we went to... Back in my single days, I had this lookout, which was kind of my special place where I'd go and sit and think about the world, have all my deep yeah, thoughts, that kind of thing. have an existential crisis. Um, and I'd actually yeah. kind of forgotten it existed. It's only about five minutes from mum and dad's up on the headland overlooking the ocean. And so I took Sarah there, but she was actually really just frustrated that in the last four years of being together, <laughs> it was the first time I took her to my special place. So. Well, that's, I mean, that's next level for your marriage, isn't it? Yeah, it was you've great. Really, so letting her really in, uh, I think that's the, the final somewhere. kind of thing I'd kept private. So yeah, that's, okay. that's out there. Yeah. That's good, yeah. Yeah, what about you? How was your weekend? Uh, well, look, everyone wants to know. I mean, the burning question for everyone is how did yeah, how the soccer team go? Yeah. Look, we lost... But it was a loss in the right direction. So I'm confident. The other parents are confident. They're getting a, they're getting a sense of how to play the field and that kind of thing. Getting a sense of position. So I'm feeling a win's just it's just around the corner. Just around the corner. And so last week we lost seven one. This week one nil. Bit of a lucky shot too. Yeah. Next week I'm putting that we're going to put two yeah. or three goals on them. And you were refing, is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the ref just didn't show up, so I had to coach and ref. So I'm coaching on the field and refing. Many people would say that is a significant conflict of interest. Yeah, but I mean, it's like there's not even a table, so like there's no grand finals. Was anyway, there any, was, there I any, asked, was there any points in the game where you were a little bit tempted? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we had the ball and it was time to blow the whistle, but I was I wanted like an extra minute or two to see if we could like put one home. So did you do it? No, I was I was good. I held to my integrity. Great. I blew the whistle. We had the ball. Anyway, but the the funny thing was there was like a couple of kids on the other team that got a bit lippy. Like I had to use the line like there's only one ref here, mate. You know that sort of thing. Did they respond? Yeah, they're okay. And their coach started sort of like pulling them into line on their side a bit yeah. as well. Wait, how old are oh, the kids? But how old are them, the kids? They're, they're like a bit lippy. Eight years old. Like not not swearing or anything, yeah, okay. but like you know they're they're eight years old. But <laughs> during the game. This kid, like, yells at his, like, he hit me. And I turned around and he was pointing to Asher. So that's my kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this other kid was saying that he'd hit him. And I was like, I just don't know what to I mean, you don't even have cards at that age anyway. Yeah, yeah. But I hadn't seen it. I, I was like, literally, I do not know what to do. So I just I just turned the other way. And, and Asher, Asher gave you a wink. And well, on, I talked to him about it at the end of the game. He's like, I don't know what he was talking about. But then as the game went on, this kid was, like, trying to call for a penalty all the time. So, like, it probably turned out he was just, you know, he was milking it. Yeah, great. So anyway, but yeah, that was the weekend. Oh, and we had a, yeah, we just had a great day off on Saturday. So nice. um, just really good um, time to relax and recoup. And yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. Mm. And um, well, one of the things, the, well, this is my first time on the podcast, but you guys mm. ask on the podcast is how's Bible reading going? So yeah, yeah, yeah. How's that been for you? Yeah, so still following along in the Psalms with Mel, but I've also been dipping into some New Testament ones as well. So I kicked off 1 Peter this morning on, on Peter just talking about uh, praising God for having 
you know, brought about the new birth in us and and being protected by the power of the Spirit, you know, for a salvation ready to be revealed in, in the age to come. Mm. So it was just great, like a, uh, a massive encouragement on, yeah, kind of like what we're about to talk about, but God's work in your life and mm. um, what a great salvation He's brought about in us. But yeah, but how about for you? Yeah, I think I, I'm reading a devotional by Ravi Zacharias called The Logic of God, which is super worthwhile. It's got a, a bunch of great readings. But I think the heart for the week actually was on said lookout just before um read through job 38 which was the mm, challenge you said yep, yep. four weeks ago finally got around to it yep um overlooking the ocean considering the yeah, the god who is so much bigger than us and just trying to kind of resize ourselves as small i think that was that was mm. a huge point in the week mm. yeah um, but yeah so today we're, t- we're talking about um you know as we've been doing this series more and stronger but in particularly the last couple of weeks in our series on thrive how it is that we're to basically thrive as followers of Jesus um, in, in a difficult time. Um, yesterday you spoke on on getting unstuck, but for anyone who wasn't listening, do you want to just give us in a nutshell, what was your sermon on yesterday? Yeah, so I mean, I mean obviously everyone would have listened to it, but just to recap, you know, for the sake of the podcast, um, the um, really it was the idea that the basis of change in the gospel is that God has already loved you, and so you will change rather than if you change, God might love you. Mm. And that's radically different for any other world religion. And you see, like even in 1 Peter this morning, it's God who has initiated, God who reached out, put his spirit into our hearts so that we would have faith in Christ, so that we'd be a new creation. And it's like the always in Scripture, it's like the, the call to change is always because you are this now, so act this way, mm. rather than if you act this way, then you will be a follower of Jesus or whatever it is. And the pattern's there again and again, you know. Um, the, the, the motivation to keep going is because God is at work in you to um, to complete his salvation. Um, because God has done this in you, so act this way. Because you've been raised with Christ, put on the new self, put off the old. Mm. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think wanting to get a bit into that, um, given given that reality that because we're, we're new creations, because we have this new identity, we should be on a trajectory of growth and change. And I think one of the illustrations you used yesterday was you talked about how, um, you know, if the if the Christian life is like a mountain, uh, and, you know, that you kind of, over the years throughout your life, you're kind of you know, getting a bit higher up in whatever sense. Mm. You were saying that, um, someone said to you, that, that, that many people get about a third of the way up and then just camp out kind of, you know, a few years into following Jesus, they kind of look around and say, this is good enough and, and kind of stop that path of growth. Mm. Um and so you're someone who's been following Jesus for a bunch of years now. Mm. Um, how would you say you've pushed back against that temptation and, and basically ensured that you haven't just kind of paused or stopped in your walk with Jesus, but you continued to push on and change? Mm. Yeah, well, I mean, and um, to give credit where it's due, it was Stu Colton, his, there you go, his, yeah. his illustration. Did you do that in the class when you had it? Uh, I don't think I did that class. Anyway, so SMBC lecturer, former principal, Gave that illustration, um, but it seemed to resonate at the time. And like, yeah, so I've been a Christian now, so 20 years this year, mm. I've been a Christian. And um, Are you marking an anniversary with it? I, I tried to find out the exact date. Yeah, I think great. I've nailed it down to about a week because it, it happened. Has it happened or is it going to happen? No, it has happened. It was okay. back in April. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it was on a specific, on a youth camp up in the mountains uh, called Kick. And, um, and I actually emailed a guy LT who's on committee to work out what the dates were in 2000 yeah, okay. when, I, when I potentially was there. Anyway, um, but I don't know, like I think, you know, like same as most people, it's been like ups and downs or even like long protracted periods of like 
not really changing despite God just really knocking on the door, urging me in every way to and been very slow to change in some areas. But over over time, like I, I would definitely say I can identify evidence of God's grace in my life and the work of the Spirit to continue to grow me and, and stretch me and to make me more like Christ over time as well as a lot of areas that still remain. There's like a lot of sanctification needed. I think probably one of the things one of the things was early on in the Christian life I think through good Bible teaching just growing the deep conviction that to follow Jesus and to follow hard after Jesus means more joy rather than less mm. that like I'd read John Piper's book Desiring God and his kind of thesis is Christian hedonism that like the the pursuit of joy and the pursuit of God is the same thing and so I think that was a conviction that like to grow in holiness and Christ likeness just means more joy mm rather than you know sin means sorrow and sadness and dishonoring christ and so i think that conviction probably drove a desire to want to find new areas where i need to grow and be shaped um in him and i think the other one is probably just putting yourself in in a position where you kind of have to depend on god and have to see him come through um like you know being married having kids um stepping up in church leadership just puts you in a in a situation where you need his help mm. and need to grow and the and to not, you know, to not grow in certain areas or, or submit to his, you know, sanctifying work is going to, the problems are going to stack up real quick. Mm. So I think probably, yeah, those are a couple of things that I think have, have helped in that way. And then the other is just God breaking into my life at key times when I've, um, when really I've just been sleepy as a Christian or whatever and he's kind of just woke me up and, mm. you know, um, and that's really been his grace in my life. But how about for you? You've been following jesus for a while now yeah actually i'm trying have to you, what it would be probably 12 years now i guess yeah 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 and like how have you seen i guess you know god change you over time or, or work about changing your life yeah it's like interesting to reflect on because i think you know over the years it's almost become just more and more clear how many parts of my life there still needs to be a lot of mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of change in um which is, you know, I think I feel there are still more areas needing change now than I thought there would have been 10 years ago because mm. after being a Christian for a couple of years, I feel like Jesus took over my Sundays first. You know, I had a bunch of church ministries and going to church on a Sunday. And he took over kind of how I related to alcohol mm. and, to, and to girls pretty early on in the journey. And then mm. I think when you're like a teenager, you kind of think, well, that's, that's everything changed. My whole yeah, life's finished. different. Yeah, finished. Done. You're kind of done that. <laughs> but I think um, there's this... There's this um, analogy that C.S. Lewis uses about uh, like what God's doing in our lives is like renovating a house. And at the start, you think he's just going to kind of make a few kind of minor changes. And he does the obvious stuff, you know, works in the kitchen, works mm. in the bathroom. And then you realize he's not done and he's actually going to just basically just keep on working, keep on building and mm. opening up kind of more rooms to work on. And so I think that's like that's been the, the, the I guess, the big driver of, of change is just the realization that, what Jesus wants from his followers and wants for me is my whole life, mm. every nook and cranny kind of under his control and, and affected by him. Um, and so th- in that sense, there's always this, this new area. So even though I'm 12 years into following Jesus, I'm only five months into trying to live a, be, be a dad who's um, living out what it means to follow Jesus. I'm only a couple of years into what does it mean to be, be a husband that, that lives out a changed yeah. life in, in Jesus? And I feel like as you go through, you just keep getting so right. I don't know right now I feel like there's this open slather of parts of my life that, yeah, that that 
I haven't even yet started to bring under Jesus' lordship or I've only just started. So yeah. So well, yeah. even as you say that, I feel like maybe then going back to the mountain thing, maybe one of the reasons a lot of people stop a third of the way up is they actually think it's the like the, the summit. Yeah, yeah. That like you have such a small vision of what Jesus is going to do in your life that you kind of think like job done mm. when really like there's so much more to grow in. Yeah. And, um, and I think like, yeah, even what you were saying there just reminded me of like, I think it is when when I'm seeing things rightly as God sees it, I'm excited about him exposing new areas of where there's, you know, sin or where there's parts of my life that I'm holding back from him Mm. because I know that's just going to mean more sanctification and more joy Mm. rather than just feeling like tired or overwhelmed by it to be like, ah, like I I really want to see God at work in this area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so when when you've had these, I guess, moments of realizing that you want to see God do a work in your life, what actually happens to kind of to bring about that change so say you, you mm. get convicted of some area um yeah yeah w- what happens i don't know it's been different at different times but like i think like sometimes there's a pattern of like you know hearing a talk or reading a book or talking with brothers or sisters in christ and feeling really convicted about something and then nothing happening <laughs> there's been like you know that's like happened multiple times or like i i um, I'm excited about something and then kind of just forget about it or, you know, whatever it is. But I think when there's been real change, like occasionally there have been times where almost out of nowhere, God has just, you know, uh, I guess done a work in my life. I felt convicted about something, read something, whatever, and there's been just change in a dramatic way straight away. Mm. But oftentimes it's the same pattern of like Him by His Spirit really convicting my heart and seeing with new eyes an area of sin or somewhere that needs change and an excitement to actually follow Jesus in that area and then followed up with some kind of commitment to action. Mm. Like I remember when I, you know, as a new Christian, it was kind of the conviction that like um, followers of Jesus get into his word day by day. Mm. And so it was like, and then I, I, I picked up a, um, uh, like a devotional and was just like, I'm just going to read part of that each day and see how that kicks things off. And mm. then it was kind of from there, like reading and then journaling and, and that sort of thing. Or um, or like with, with a day of rest, it mm. was coming to the biblical conviction that like this is, this is uh, something that God is calling us to do. We don't have infinite capacities. We need to rest properly and switch off. And then being like, right, we're going to make sure Saturdays are cleared out. Mm. I'm going to make sure that day is like cleared out that we put some time and, and creativity into it so it doesn't just happen and make sure work is finished well before that so that it's not spreading out into every area of life and across mm. the weekends. Um, so I think it's been that pattern of like heart conviction and followed by some kind of commitment to to action to be like, ah, I really want to live this out week by week, day by day, that yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, what about, is it like a similar kind of thing for you? Yeah, I think it definitely would be. Would be. I think um, the older I get, the more I think I just realize I'm a really weak-willed creature. And so any any plan that just depends on me having consistent and perfect discommitment to anything is, is pretty much destined to fail in my mm. life. Yeah. Um, like so as I in if it's <coughs> just on pure, like... Yeah, I mean, if... Yeah, if yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, so an example would be... Um, trying to, I was trying to think of, like... Ways of just seeing God change me in concrete fashion. It was a, a few years ago, I, I think I came to a point where I had this really strong, desi- strong conviction, I guess, that um, but following Jesus meant that part of my life should have an avenue for uh, uh, having an eye to to the poor and to the marginalised and to people that society would normally forget. And I felt convicted about that, mm. 
Um, to be honest, I'd, I'd felt convicted about that at a whole bunch of points in my life without anything actually changing. And um, But the thing that changed in this instance was there was a couple of other people that felt the same way. Enough to for us to actually make a commitment to starting a ministry that we hands and feet is what we've got today. Mm. Where it just meant that, you know, for an afternoon every week, um, that is blocked in, that's committed to. And once you start it, it's kind of very hard to just to bail from. Yeah, yeah. If you have a week you where you're not yeah. feeling particularly excited about you know, giving up time and, and spending time with other people. Mm. But because it's built into into my week, it just means that's a part of it now. And it's mm. been um, a, a, a place I've been able to grow over the, over the last few years. And I think, yeah, the same with, the same with taking a Sabbath um, mm. or, or, or even just trying to live a life that's a bit more lower-paced and has rest built mm. in. Um, and again, we, we, we've kind of fallen kind of off it, me and Sarah, but we've just, even just in the last week, just recommitted that, no, we're going to have Friday set aside. We're not going to... Um, we're, you know, we're going to structure our, our, our work weeks and everything else around that to kind of have, make sure we've got at least 24 hours we've got that kind of break. Mm. Um, yeah, so I feel for me, when I've got stuff that's kind of like tangible, built in, mm. um, it's kind of easier to translate it into into real change. Yeah, so it's a natural expression of like a real a desire to follow Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and so I think that one of the other areas that I think we've both been trying to, trying to work on... Um, is in terms of seeing change, is this area of, of the phone. And I used it as an example at the end of yesterday with some crazy stat of the average person touches their phone, what, two, two and a half. Th- I mean, who, who's, I who's, who's, who's verifying that? that? But, you know, um, it's, it sounds about right. Well, no, but I've used on because I've got an iPhone. I've looked at the, the screen time section and it actually yeah. tells you. And it, there are some days that, like, you know, it's up in the four hours of having yeah. the screen lit up in front of me. Sometimes that's Google Maps that kind of changes the stats. Yeah. But yeah. even whatever way you look at it, it's kind of pretty full on. Yeah. Um, in terms of a habit a habit building device, um, what's what's your journey been with trying to loosen the control of, of a phone over your life? Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm on a dumb phone, which has its own challenges <laughs> we were just talking about before, yeah. of being like, it's then... Uh, like it's the issue becomes not being too connected, but maybe not connected enough. Yeah, you need yeah. to get back to people. You need to running a text message can take several decades. So all of that can be the challenge. But like the, I think the there was a conviction that I had. Like listening to there's one podcast about um, uh, what was it on? Like on persuasive design and just how like teams of brilliant people, psychologists, software engineers are putting the best of <laughs> of their you know field of research into designing a device that's going to keep you on it mm. and um and it's it's not particularly good um but also the um the it's probably one of the first times where in, in human history where um there's a device that's forming habits and building beliefs in you maybe without you knowing it. Mm. Uh, maybe that's not true, but... I, that's Terrifying, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, as in like, just like you think about the impact that um, being able to order something as soon as you want it has on you. Mm. It gives you a sense that you are like a, a mini-god. Like, yeah, yeah. if I want something, I get something. Mm. And that's a, just an unbiblical belief. The belief yeah, is yeah. that we are, you know, we've died and our life is hidden with Christ, that we, we've we been bought at a price. So we are not at all masters of our domain. Mm. Um, you know, the other uh, beliefs that come with it is that I, like, I, the world should basically be organized around my immediate needs, wants, and desires. Mm. And again, that's 
that's not at all true that god is the center of the universe and um and every day really if we think about it properly is a reminder that we are not in control and that mm. we're dependent on him for all things um so the um yeah the phone like is is powerful informing and reinforcing habits and beliefs mm. and i think the other one that's more frightening is that sometimes it's it's forming beliefs that you don't even know are there until later on so like uh you know the, the smartphone is probably one of the devices that's causing people to believe I need to and can feel good all the time. If mm. I feel a little bit sad or something, I can get on my device and mm. do something that's going to make me feel good or give me a, an immediate buzz. Mm. And um, and a lot of people don't even realize that they have that belief until they're in the their counselor's office and mm. they're like, you know, you don't have to feel good all the time and there are ways to work around it. So it's it's a, um, yeah, I think it's significant in that way. And I think for, for a follower of Jesus, it's particularly significant because we're thinking about how... Uh, how are we growing? Like we're talking about spiritual formation. Um, this device, if you're not c- using it deliberately and consciously, is going to be have a huge impact on your spiritual formation or deformation. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, that, yeah. With with that yesterday, I was probably just thinking through the the power that habit has to reinforce beliefs, and then just really taking an audit and thinking like, what do I actually believe about life, mm. and are the things that I'm doing working with that or against that. Well, that's what Paul's saying in Colossians 3. Like, um, every day be putting off the old self and putting on the new. The new reality is guaranteed in Christ and it's coming. So live toward that. Mm. Um, wait, does that answer your question? What was the question? Yeah. Just like what, how you, how do you think phones. about you, your phone and, and yeah. the control hasn't yeah. But you, you've you hacked your, I don't know, would you call it hacked, unhacked your smartphone to yeah, where it's like now? Any, yeah, I've. It's almost a dumb phone. You've, I've made my phone very. You've dumb. made it, yeah. <laughs> um, I've got an iPhone something, one of the, you know, relative few years old iPhones, it's a proper yeah. smartphone, but I've just made it mine a bit dumber. Yeah. Um, what did you do to do it, and why? Um, why? I mean, the why. There are probably a few reasons, but I think the main impetus was actually Sarah saying to me that she thinks I'm on my phone too much, yeah. um, which you know, which is good that she said it to me. It's <laughs> probably true, and the, and the screen time can verify it that I'm on it too much. And so, yeah, I think I found myself, you know, being on it in bed at night and first thing in the morning, um, often just you know scrolling news feeds and um, Sydney Morning Herald and just stuff like that, um, and. And just finding, yeah, it did have that kind of control over me where I, I kind of felt like if it, if it wasn't there and it wasn't with me, I was a bit, like, uncomfortable. And it was even, like, you know, mm. if I'm putting my son to bed at night and, like, holding him, I feel like I need my phone to kind of even distract me from that process, which is, like, yeah. something not right yeah. when you can't just sit in a dark room with your kid while they fall asleep and not need to kind of have some kind of yeah. stimulation. So, um, yeah, so uh, if you're an Apple user, if you've got an iPhone... Um, They've got this thing built in now. It's called downtime, where you just set a period of the day where you don't want to be able to access anything. And mm. you set a passcode so you can't... If you don't set a passcode, you can just override that whenever you want. But you put a passcode in and give someone else that that, that pin. So, um, And then you just set that for 23 hours and 59 minutes of the day. There's no button which is always on, but the way you get around it is just by setting... So technically you can have... So what, like one second? There's one, <laughs> one, there's second. one minute of the day. That's your window of there's time. There's one minute of the day that you can go on fix. Instagram and whatever. Yeah. Um, but then, and then you just, you'd say, you have a few apps that are always allowed. So I can always make a phone call. Yeah. Use Google Maps. Spotify and podcasts I've put on there because they're a bit more kind of uplifting. Yeah. But yeah, no fo- no Facebook, no Instagram. Mm. Um, you can have Facebook Messenger. Do you have email? Um, I've got email, but you don't have to have email. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, you can you can do whatever you want. Okay. Uber Eats, like we've still got Uber Eats on it because you, sometimes you need a McFlurry at like <laughs> nine o'clock at night. You do. You that do is need, a need. Like yeah. if you're locked out, yeah, and you buy yourself, you have to go to McDonald's yourself. Yeah, terrible. Um, yeah. So so yeah, no, that's been that's been really good, and Sarah's done it as well. So. Um, you know, we we can let each other in if we need to access something. Mm. Um, but it just means that, yeah, it's just... I've, I noticed that the screen time thing went down about two hours a day when I did it. Yeah, right. So that's pretty gnarly. Like, it's almost embarrassing to admit. Because <laughs> um, that was two hours of disposable time that I haven't missed since I got rid of it. Yeah. Um, most of it, honestly, was Do you like feel, like, particularly clear-minded after having done it? Or, like, you can't, you can't really quantify it, can Well, you? I mean, and to be honest as well, I think we only redid this probably three weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, way better. I mean... Oh, you, n- you noticed it like yeah, yeah, straight yeah, away? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And I mean, just, it's just a good... Like, I, go, I still find myself with the muscle memory picking it up mm. and like opening Safari and then it's like, no. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, the answer is no. Yeah. Um, What's well, it's funny, so, so like a part of like... So lately I've been trying to think through, look, where are the areas where I feel God is pressing me to change mm. and then like what can I do in those particular areas? But I was, at the same time, I listened to a podcast on ha- called Atomic Habits, mm. which I know I've pestered a bunch of you about. But anyway, but um, in the book, he was talking about if you want to set a good habit. So he's not a Christian guy or anything like that, mm. but just talking about behavior generally. But basically, if you want to set a good habit, you need to make it easy. So he's, his recommendation is to start one that takes less than two minutes. Mm. Um, so instead of saying like, I want to run every day, or like run however many k's, you just be like, I'm just going to put on my my running shoes and gear every morning at 6 a.m. And then he says, eventually, if you do that every morning, eventually you're going to get out the door. But that's a habit that you can actually get done. Anyway, so this do, is... Do this you reckon people actually do that? And don't I would love door? to hear if someone tries it. Just like, uh, surely you would. If you bothered to get up and just put your shoes on and your gear on, eventually you're like, well, well I'm yeah, up and I'm ready. Active, active wear with the hope that we'll make it more active, I guess, yeah. Yeah, but if you, I reckon if you did it every morning at the same time, sure. you're getting up early to do it. Anyway, so look, the equivalent like in a... In a spiritual habit, it might be like you uh, say it's you know at whatever time every morning. First thing, I get out Bible journal and pen and mm. sit there, yeah, and um and see if like God doesn't use that for you to actually open His like Word on and that, get what, into what it. What is your morning? Because you've got a pretty, I think yeah, I, I think most people would say it's a pretty gnarly morning routine. What well, it is to me, anyway. Well, it's not like it's not particularly um like regimented, but like we'll t- we'll tend to you get, get up, up five early. every day. No, look, in winter, it's definitely fallen off. Yeah, okay. But, um, yeah, look, I'd say I've become a person who enjoys getting up early. Mm. I enjoy getting up in, and getting into the Word early and then usually maybe going for a run or something like that. Um, but but I did used to hate it. I think it was just getting into the habit of it, of like, um, like Mel and I both did it for a couple of months where we'd get up the first thing, get up, read, and then run no matter how small and I'm like a distant, like I'm literally talking like a few hundred meters. Yeah, okay. I was just I was hating it, but then eventually it was just like seeing the benefits of being up early, being able to look after and steward my body well. Um, it just uh, seeing how um, what God did through that. It just started to gain momentum, and now I kind of like look forward to actually getting up early. Yeah, yeah. And so occasionally, like quite early, but yeah. Um, now, but since it's been really dark and cold in the morning, it's been pushing more towards six. Yeah. Okay. Still, but, um, still pretty good. Yeah, but look, it, it started in the same way. It was just a conviction that, like, I wanted to grow in a particular area, and then to just start a habit that's you know in line with um, with growing in holiness, and then to mm. see what happens from there. So yeah, so anyway, look, that's what we're up to. Look, I'd love to hear if if people listen into this, um, what um what you make of that. 
and if um and if there's something i think particularly like if there's an area where you really see god at work and seeing you change to to let us know it'd be great to celebrate that as a as a community so anyway thanks for listening in tuning in Cobber. thanks for joining me for this no worries. I just it's been great no to do. going to end this podcast. Someone's got to go. Oh, right. Yeah. So I just, what <laughs> do I do? Just mark some time. Yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> Sweet. All right. Well, thanks for that. And um, if you tune into this, let us know how you go with, um, with growing and changing uh, according to the gospel and, and seeing how God works in your life in a significant way. We look forward to hearing from you.